I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Hey, folks, welcome back to Dirty Moderate. I am coming to you from Dallas. I've been at this uh, podcast moving conference. Uh, we're all, we all gather, all the podcasters of the world, I think, or the country at least. It's been a really fascinating time. And today's guest, who happens to be here too, um, I think is the political geek I've been waiting for. And I think you guys who listen to me know um, I love politics as a theme, as a motif, as an idea, but I love the policy. You know, and you got to know the policy. And that's in an age of misinformation to have somebody break that down as if it's just news without opinion and nonpartisan way, I think is remarkable. I'm joined by Jennifer Briney. Jennifer hosts the Congressional Dish. It's a twice monthly podcast that I highly recommend. Um, really trying to get people to focus on when bills are made and or bills are passed and where this, when the seat of power is at work. What's in this stuff? You know, despite their fancy titles like the Anti-Inflation Act or the, you know, Build Back Better bill. You know, what does that all mean? So, Jennifer, first off, thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I want to know, um, or I want you to tell listeners because I know, I want you to tell them how you were in Bonn, Germany, the Iraq war was going on, mm. and how that was a, um, a wake-up call for you. To change my life. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So I I studied abroad in Germany because I broke up with my boyfriend. Right. I was like, how do I get as far away from you as I possibly can? Right. <laughs> so See, wait, all the, right. Yeah. So I found out that there was this program at the school and I was like, okay, I'll go to Germany. Whatever. So that was the spring of two thousand three. Right. And um I come from a Republican family and from South Orange County, California. Okay. And I had turned eighteen. Just before that, I had voted for George W. Bush in my first election because it was just like, we vote Republican. Yeah, you're Republican. We root for the Red Sox. Right. We vote Republican. That's root, just how our family root goes. root for the Red Sox and root for the Red. And there you go. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I love so it. it was team sports for me, right? Right. But then I go to Germany, and the pivotal moment is we were in Rome the day okay. the war started. Right. And I was just at March the of 03, I think it was. March right? 19th of 03. Right. Yeah. And I was just with my friends at the Coliseum sightseeing, completely oblivious to the whole world. Right. And we notice that there's some helicopters circling. We think they're like tourist helicopters. We think nothing of it. And as we walk out of the Coliseum, we notice that there are hordes of people. And so we're like, let's go find out what that is. It turns out it was a million people protesting the war my country was starting that day. That day. That day. Wow. And so we found a street that was elevated over that protest right and so we stood there because it was between us and our hotel and you can't get around a million people I, a know? million people a out. million people wow. and so for like three or four hours i just watched this crowd they had you know uh, pictures of bush that looked like hitler um and it was just shocking to me because here in the states it felt like you know, the media was telling us that this was something the world supported and we were doing something for good and saddam bad let's get rid of him and i realized like that is not the way people feel here. Right. And then that night we tried to go to the main plaza and go to some of the bars and clubs. They wouldn't let us in for our own safety because oh, wow. people were so angry. Yeah. And so, you know, I had that experience and obviously that that's important, but the real shock was when I came home, mm. the reverse culture, culture shock of coming back and like, 
I wanted to talk about the war because everyone who heard my American accent wanted to talk to me. Hmm. And I came home. And Where all, was home? Where did you go to? I was back in L.A. Back in L.A. So I went to Loyola Marymount. Oh, right. right and right. this was my junior year. Okay. And so I came back expecting that there were protests here and that everybody cared and that, you know, the whole world was behaving the way Europe was. And all my friends were talking about the movie Old School, <laughs> which like great movie. But we started a war. Don't we care? Right. And so I started watching the news um, and it was so different. It was like cheerleady. Oh, yeah. And so I just our that was the first time I noticed that our media was different. And then the documentary out Fox. Oh, came yeah, out. that was great. And that's when I saw what you guys saw yeah. during the war. And it was very different in Europe. Yeah. And then um, one of the pivotal moments when I realized we were being straight lied to was over in Europe, there was right after the State of the Union. Remember when George W. Bush said he got uranium from Niger? Sure. Yeah. Now, wasn't that, though, in the 05 or 06? Wasn't that a later? No, this was 2003. He said it then? Okay. Yeah. So, All that, which was the total BS. Yeah. yeah. It was like the 12 words or something. Yellow cake or it. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, Daniel, the one whose CIA agent wife was outed because of uh, it. Valerie Plame. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's why she was outed, right? In right. 2006. I remember. But right after that State of the Union on the German language news, because I was watching with my host mother, they go to a commercial Mm -hmm. and they came back and they said there's intelligence out of Great Britain that says that what he just said is not true. Wow. Right away. Right away. It's like instant fact check. Yeah. And so I knew that since 2003. So when Valerie Plame gets outed and that's huge news here that that wasn't true, I went, wait. Oh, yeah. I've known this for three years. So what is happening here? Oh, I see. This is interesting. So it said so three. It took three years for the the dissipation of the myth here in America. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. So I was like, we're not getting all the news. Right. And so that's when I started looking. I mean, it was a few years after, but I was like, I need to go straight to the source if I want to know what's going on exactly. here. Exactly. And back then, I blamed everything on George W. Bush yeah. and like the Republicans. And like I, I was unpleasant to be around. But over the years, I realized there was nothing that the executive branch could do no. without the permission and funding from Congress. No. Right. And that's why I started looking at the bills myself and finding so many things that we should be told about. And I was... Well, and regrettably, I admit at the time, I, I kind of fell for it too. And I, I have such a... The greatest foreign policy, policy disaster. But you had people like Hillary and John Kerry and Joe Biden all voting yes. Yep. I think only 22 senators voted no. And we can, you can look that up, but I know one of them was Bob Graham, who I served for in the Senate. Because he said there's no evidence for this, for, for weapons of mass destruction, and we need not go to war over it. And we now know, right, that as soon as Bush took office, before 9-11, they laid the groundwork for an attack on Iraq. It yeah. just happened that 9-11 happened, and then they use that falsely as a pretext. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. So did, did this rattle your, I don't know, Republican upbringing? Oh, yeah, for sure. If that was that was it, you said. I mean, nothing prior to that. You never really questioned Republican dogma. Didn't care. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't care. I right. didn't think about politics. I mean, it was like the 90s. I was also a teenager. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, so it's like when this happened in 2003, I turned 21 when that happened. It's on a good that year, it'll be awakened. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky because I still had one year left of college. Yeah. And I went all in on my studies. Wow. I was a communications major. So I was studying basically like the propaganda. I was fascinated by it. Right. And so I did get this one amazing year yeah. with those resources to dive in. And I loved writing the research papers about this stuff. And when I graduated and I didn't get to do that anymore, 
I really missed it. Yeah. I wanted to keep learning. Yeah. So this career allows me to do that. In a society that is so drenched, it's just misinformation and ignorance, but the civic ignorance in this country is astonishing. Um, and I, I always feel like I am taking information, this is sort of my own bias that I already know and kind of live in, and being forced to explain to the force. I'm using my podcast to explain for the first time. In truth, I have to explain it for the first time. Because mm-hmm. even so-called educated people don't know how a bill becomes a law. Yeah, What's in the bill? Uh, it is the failure of our system to not teach civics. I mean, I had to learn it, and I was, but I was always a political geek, or at least since I'm 14. How did you then make the jump to literally becoming a, a, a um, um, an interpreter of, mm-hmm. of, of bills? I mean, you're somebody that now people listen to you. You will go into the depth of the bill. I was listening, by the way, to your infrastructure bill because I was fascinated by the bill and the expansion of rail service. And I learned something I didn't know, that there's only four freight rail companies now. They're, what, 43 originally. Yeah. Why don't think people even understand what they're like? Why is going on with Amtrak? Why isn't there a train from South Dakota to Billy? You know, there's all these things and people just kind of shout at the wind. Yeah. But they don't even know. They don't know that we don't own most of our tracks. I know. That's insane. It's insane. But anyway, (laughs) how did, how, so after you graduate and you wanted to learn more, here you are now hosting a podcast and you are, you know, very, very vital resource of like what's in the bill. Don't ask me what party I'm in or how I voted. This is what just got passed. It's going to potentially be transformative in your life. Here's what's in it. How'd you make that jump? Well, there was a moment where I realized that there was stuff in these bills that we needed to know about. Right. So I remember this vividly. I was cleaning dog hair and I I had C-SPAN on in the background. I was watching a funding bill for energy and water projects Okay. because my husband is a solar engineer. Ah. And at the time we were living in Massachusetts and the tax credits were expiring. Mm. And if that happens, like he loses his job. So I was, I was trying to figure out, like, right. do we have a prayer? Does this bill help us? Right. Yeah, exactly. So I was listening to the funding bill and Tom Cole of Oklahoma, who's still in Congress, gets up there and brags. He's such a jerk. He's anyway. such a jerk. Yeah. And he brags about getting something into this bill that protects secret campaign contributions. <laughs> and so Washington. It's so Washington. And that was the thing. Like I, I didn't pay attention no. to this stuff that closely. So I was like, I didn't hear that. Like I have to have this wrong. There's no way. So I went to the congressional record, right. found the transcript, went, oh my God, he said what I oh, think yeah. he said. And yeah. then I looked in the bill itself and I found it. Yep. And when it passed into law, it was in there. And I was like, I was like, okay, Rachel Maddow must be covering this tonight because right. this is a huge scandal. I just saw it on TV. She must see it too. So of course she doesn't cover Mm-mm. it. But the scary thing for me is then I went on the internet and there was no blog post. Mm-mm. There was nothing. It was like it never even happened. And so I just started kind of looking more often, mm-hmm. watching C-SPAN more, watch it, more often, looking into the bills and I was finding crazy stuff all the time. And I was losing my mind. And so I decided to start the podcast with the support of my husband. He said, do it for a year. See if you like it. See if you get any traction. See if people care. Right. And they did. They did. Yeah. And so, um, you know, long story short, uh, it's a listener supported podcast and they've kept me going all these years. And I, th- I think I'm getting better at the production. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the show is actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. My biggest hurdle is getting people to try it. Because it's a show about Congress. And it's like, okay, like I don't need a nap. Thank you. Right. Well, they, and that's that's the problem. Yeah. They 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 see it either as um, totally corrupt and 
not able to be salvaged or too boring. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, certainly in the last 18 months, and I'm an independent, um, and I voted for Joe Biden because I think Trumpism and Trump, the greatest threat to democracy we've had in my lifetime. And they've gone ahead and passed a lot of legislation, some of which I'm for, some of which I'm not. Don't you would think, right, that the American people, rather than just reading a tidbit or, you know, listening to a soundbite, would want to know what are in these bills. But they don't, and they go out and often make, well, very incorrect arguments, and I would argue the Fox News and conservative media make very bad faith arguments. Yeah, and you know what? I disagree a little bit that the American people don't want this. Where do you get it? Yeah, that's That's the thing. I'm craving it, so I'm creating the podcast that I was looking for because it didn't exist. That's right. And so I do think we care. I think my audience and the support they're giving me proves that they care. Yeah. But if all of your news stations are right. propaganda and nonsense, yeah, they are. Where are you supposed to get this information? Well, I mean, I, let me let me rephrase what I said. Well, let me support your what you just said. I find listening to what you're doing so much more valuable than hearing Rachel Maddow talk again about the Russian spy invasion. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I mean is, what I mean is. I have great respect for Rachel, but she has an agenda, yeah. and MSNBC has an agenda, and I was a commentator on Fox. I was a liberal on Fox because to them I'm a communist, and I'm not even a liberal, but I did that, and they are, of course, agenda, evilly, agenda-driven to the most, in the most evil way, but a bill comes, a, this bill passes Anti-Inflation Act, um, and... Sure, we're kind of getting coverage from it, but I'm, and I mean from an educated set of people that are theoretically civic-minded. And they're like, well, I want to hear what Maddow says. And I said, yeah, but Maddow isn't giving you a breakdown of what's in the bill. She's giving you her, in my opinion, incredibly, um, I would, let's call it prismatically left-wing view of why the bill is good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear why it's good. I want to hear what's in it. She's selling it. She's selling it. I'm not for the bill, but that's for other reasons. But my point is, she's just telling everybody that, my God, if this bill doesn't pass, that's the way she presents it. This is it. Our country's going down the tubes. It's like, but nobody even knows what's in it. Yeah. These are preposterous conversations. You're an antidote to just cable news nonsense. Yeah. And it's, I think the the media cycle of needing to get the the story out right now right. is a big part of that because what I do takes a while. Of course. So my it's next work. bill is, yeah, my next bill, I have to work on the chips bill yep. and then I'll get to inflation reduction. I'm hoping to finish by the election, but it takes a while to read an 800 page bill. It sure does. And where do you um, get a congressional record? Do you just, get yeah, it? I get it all online. Yeah. And you, that's, that's what's frustrating to me is that I'm doing this from anywhere in right, the world. Like right. we, I'm not from DC. I've never lived in DC. I, I have no insider access. So if I'm able to do this, so are the people that get millions on these TV stations. They have the staff. Like, God, I would love to have a staff. And they're not using it. They're, they're not using it. You right. know? Like, well, you're doing a kind of citizen activism that is so key that I believe in. I mean, created this podcast, you say Saving Democracy, one episode at a time, because we're trying to, uh, though I have a point of view, give people real facts, like I just Me did too. in my episode. No, yeah. you definitely, I mean, you're really laying it out totally factually. But when I was saying but my opinion's people, in it. Yeah, it, it is. I, but I love the way you do it. I mean, I think it's because I think you're right. <laughs> but, 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 I, but no, but I mean, when I was just doing, I just did a P, uh, an episode on the yeah, student loan thing. And I'm like, I'm giving people how this works. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. They're just angry. I'm like, okay, but that's not how it works. It's not a student when gets a Discover card and runs it up. And that's not what that is. It doesn't work that way. It's not someone maxed out their Amex in Beverly Hills. Yeah. That's not what you're being, that's not what's going into the, the, 
um, the loan and what's indebting these students forever and ever. It's just that's not true because they don't know what it is. They don't even know what the law, yeah. existing law is, right? It's yeah. and you're breaking these laws down for people. They don't know what is the, you know, what is income-driven repayment? How does this work? When did this start? When did it change? How much of your income? They just say they don't like it. Yeah, and there, so I feel like <laughs> if like, you give the facts and say, so this is- They being the unwashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great unwashed. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. I mean, so like we kind of trash opinion journalism, right? Yeah. But I do think it's important that if you give the facts and then you give your opinion. I agree. That's okay. That's my motto. The yeah. problem is they're skipping that part. I know. Of the, this is what it is. This is well, reality. It's, now it's, let's discuss that reality. It's a huge disappointment. And I put it out there that I definitely want to appear on these networks. I'm not saying I don't. But I, it is, I, am fr- I guess I'm fr- having worked at Fox. I'm frustrated by just what you said, by the idea that. MSNBC and CNN, they're ratings-driven, clearly. And I'm a centrist, so I guess I'm certainly just not a right-wing guy, but I'm not a liberal. I'm really kind of maybe even center-right. But I, I think there's a responsibility for Chris Hayes or somebody to come on. They're totally entitled to provide a, an honorable liberal analysis, but also tell us what's in it mm-hmm. without starting you know, the whole segment about Donald Trump Jr. did cocaine last night or whatever the hell they go into. Yeah. As you know, Rachel starts with that to get you to the bill. I'm like, I don't want to hear anything about that. Mm-hmm. Right? To understand what we need to do as citizens, to understand how we are warriors for democracy. And you are one, and that's why I invited you on. <laughs> you have to have information. Mm-hmm. And the enemies of democracy, which right now I think largely are the MAGA crowd, don't want people to have information. That's the book banning, that's the lies, mm-hmm. that's the tweets, that's all of that. You know, the Democrats are communists, or this bill's going to do this, or QAnon ridiculous theories, Hillary Clinton eat, eats babies, or whatever the hell that is. You are really, by explaining it, and I believe with really the bottom of my heart that we need this so much, you are fighting for democracy. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I but I mean, I hope people appreciate that yeah do people ever say like i don't what i'm saying is is that i love it as a geek and i get to dive in the weeds but those weeds right yeah are the or need and though that grass gets has to get fertilized and grow and that's how you keep democracy afloat and and i'll let you speak i promise freedom isn't free and our democracy is a lot of work and i think when you said oh i'm and you know you said somebody would like to have a nap rather than listen people were so exhausted after 2020 like okay well trump lost it's over i'm like no it has nothing's over not only does that fight have to continue going on the engagement with your democracy takes a lot of work and you're if you're going to live in it you're going to have to engage you you don't have to but if you're not going to engage in it we're going to lose it you know what's kind of fascinating is my numbers were flat through the trump years interesting and they you can watch it the minute he lost the election, they started going back up. And what do you think that's about? I think people were exhausted and weren't seeking out any more information. Like they had enough. <laughs> well, he trend, he'd exhausted everybody. Yeah. I was exhausted. Those oh, were yeah, really hard years to get through Horrible. and do this job. Um, when but did yeah, you start, was, actually? Uh, it'll be 10 years <gasps> on September 15th. Oh, that's right. The podcast started in 2012. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So 2003, you have your awakening. Nine years later, you have a podcast. Yeah. And in between, I just, You're I didn't know. a student of all students. Well, I didn't know what to aim for, right? Right. So I graduated and it was like, okay, do I work for the New York Times where I know that they lied to us about the war? Like, <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> I don't want to aim for that. And then the television stations, I mean, it was very clear that I wasn't going to fit in there as a, you know, someone that I wanted to be 
someone that could cover war and bills and laws. And when I went to the LA times, they said, you have to start in fashion. I was like, dude, I wear jeans and a black t-shirt every day. (laughs) Like I know this is Hollywood, but this is stupid. And by the way, just insert that. I've heard that before. And I'm like, time for, and I've never worked for a paper, but I write, I mean, and I write opinion pieces. I think journalism needs to rethink itself a little bit. Well, and just the idea that other people were going to pick my stories for me if I went the corporate media route. And I was just like, no, story selection matters. Like you said, like Donald Trump doing his, Donald Trump's son doing cocaine or even Biden's son doing cocaine. Like that doesn't affect me at all. Have fun. I'm going to, I'm going to give you some interesting. So, you know, I try to tune into the news. You know, I mean, I'm on Twitter all day, but I, you know, then I'll put on MSNBC and I always want to see what Fox is doing because it's just, it's an insane. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, it's like looking in a funhouse mirror, you know, it's this weird thing that you want to see, you know, also kind of like watching a train wreck too. But, you know, there are kernels of truth on all that. You know, somebody will bring up a story that has, it actually happened. It's just the way they report it. Yeah. We learned that Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah. Now I'm bringing this up. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't do the conservative ecosphere conspiracy theory stuff because I think January 6th is so horrific and I hate what they become. I believe in honorable conservatism and that's not what they're doing. And I don't think this is a both sides issue. I want to say that to the audience. This is not January 6th. But I got to tell you, that's bad that the New York Post reported it. They reported the news and Zuckerberg has said he suppressed it. Facebook suppressed it. You know what? Just because it doesn't rise to the level of X... You know, and I know I wanted Joe Biden the way we couldn't stand Trump winning, you know, not reporting on that or saying that was Russian disinformation again with the yeah. Russia thing. God, that's that is why there is an erosion of mistrust. Yeah, the censorship is the story there, right? And so, yeah. So what's your take on this news? That, that well, didn't we know this already? Right. But I mean, but what I mean is, is because he feel, said it on Rogan, right? He said it on Rogan, yeah. but he but recently, right? The other day, yeah, right? Like yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. But but what I mean is, is that I feel like the mainstream media, which is honorable, I think they're very honorable journalists. Why is this? Why is this because we just can't say that because somehow it's bad for Biden? Because if that's the case. We have no objective objective news organizations. I don't need that's why I don't watch as much. I don't need a Democrat <laughs> Trump the MS MSDNC. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. But it is. It's like I mean, you're not even gonna tell us something that could be uh that is important. You can understand why the non frothing at the mouth conservative leading person. It's like I, I I you only you do talk about January sixth and that was horrible, but what about this? Yeah. Not what about it that it's equal, but it's news. I mean what yeah, for sure. I mean, if there's news on the laptop, you know, like I right. want to know. I just want to know is it a mirror connection? Right. Those are crazy. And I've been talking about that since 2014. Have you? Oh, yeah. So do you think this is an important story? Sure. Okay. But it's, um, I guess the reason I brought that up is like we focus on the children of the presidents. And it was what no. I was trying to say is like story selection matters. Yeah, it does. So, but nobody gave suppressing but I, that one. I'm really concerned with the corporate media suppressing right. information That's, which for is, political aims. Which is why really inspires a lot of your podcast. Well, yeah. I mean, because I, mean, I, that whole experience of coming back and finding out that this country didn't know something that I think is very important. And I knew for three years because I was in Europe at the time. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just, I know that these gatekeepers mm-hmm. are wielding that power. Yeah. 
And we have the tools because of this beautiful thing called the internet. I know. Where we can get around them now. Right. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, is that the internet does so many horrible things, but it does allow the democratization of ideas. Yeah. That's what you do. And that's what I do. And that's so important um, in the realm of that. But it is interesting about the, the corporate media thing, because back to relating to what you do, you know, you get a snippet of the bill. You know, especially if they like it, they start every graphic explains with editorial, of course, but this is where the money goes, this billion, that billion. They don't tell you what's the extra, all those amendments that get put on at the end, the pork that Tom Cole put in, um, whatever crap uh, goes into these bills, you know what I mean? And then people go, wait a second, I I thought... I thought Manchin voted for the bill because he's anti-inflation. No, he got paid off. He got what he wanted. Yeah. That's what he got. The infrastructure bill, he got that hydrogen hub that nobody knows about. Billions of dollars. And and on this bill that he voted for, apparently he got some coal stuff and some, I believe, is it drilling somewhere? I think they opened up drilling somewhere. Okay. So whether you agree- A climate bill that makes us invest in fossil fuels. I know. And I said, so people say, not that- you know, again, we tend also to lionize in our politics. The minute somebody does something great, we went from we hate him and now he's an ally. It's like, well, first of all, I always I follow it very closely. I don't have as much objection to him because he's never said he was a liberal. So that's number one. However, he's so bought off and so paid for yeah. and all that stuff. And I said, Biden's an old time Paul, you know, P.O.L. He sat there and gave Biden he needed to vote. So he said, I'm going to give it to you in this right. Beautiful utopian right like you said bill that is you know about climate change and that's washington but that's what's so important that people know because and you do it every day but i'm saying this to my listeners too guys you got to read bills or you got to know what's in the bill nuance matters that's what we do here it's all nuance we i say it all the time because you're just cheering things on you know all my friends, I say all my friends, many of my friends, because I have many friends on both sides, mainly on the left, posting every every piece of legislation. But we'll go with Biden's done. Okay, I like a lot of it, but it, it's this rah-rah, we're on a team, right? I'm team blue, yeah, and I have my little cap, and they're team red, and so we can now brag and say, ha, 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 we did more. It is so childish yeah. and cultish. And I said to a friend the other night at dinner, I said, listen, I don't want to hear dark Brandon has powers or he's it. We are trying not to have a king in this country. That's what the yeah. country's fun. We, we don't want, I don't, you know, the, the cult of Trumpism, apart from the evil, the cult like nature of that. Cults really scare the shit out of me and they should scare the shit out of everybody. This one, especially, that's trying to destroy democracy. I don't want people, and I say this to my listeners too, to just turn Joe Biden into some superhero. It's stupid, it's untrue. They haven't read the bills. And you, Biden didn't write it. And Biden didn't write it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Biden didn't write too. it. I know. Biden is Biden. Biden's, a, you know, an He's in the executive branch. I know. He signs the thing. Well, you know, I would say to people, I did an episode a few months ago, and I forgot actually what the title was. I was saying, okay, let's go over this. The executive branch is there to enforce the laws that the legislative branch makes. And then theoretically, the judiciary is there to interpret them. But that's the foundation of separation of powers. You don't have an understanding of separation of powers. You can't, under, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. To, to my, that's you're making the great point of like everything has become nationalized about the president. By the way, it's the reason the Democrats were famously shellacked in 2010 and lost all those state legislatures because they're in they're in the Obama Inc. business. Mm-hmm. Think about it. They're just in the Obama. The, if I, I I don't want Shepard Fairy posters. What I want you to do is organize and activate for democracy. 
Not one man. There's no Messiah. Yeah. You know, in 08, when Obama ran, I voted for him. Um, I said, why is everybody turning this guy into Messiah? First of all, he's not that liberal. Number one, I just, because I knew the facts, which is why I like him. But I, but I, I said, this messianic man is coming down to cure us from God. It's just like, oh my God. And, not, and I'm using it kind of in dramatically religious terms. But a lot of people were so intense. And I, I love that it galvanized a nation. But then everybody got disappointed because he was kind of a blank slate that everybody projected their hopes and aspirations on. He was an aspirational yeah. candidate. Well, he was like, not George W. Bush. Right. And but, I think well, a lot of people hoped that he would but take they, some of the things they put and undo e- it. They put everything they, they wanted did. on him, which I understand there's a, an idealism in politics, but you have to know that it isn't just about the president. There's a, there are three branches of government. Yeah. And it's the legislature that, like, uh, the idea that the amount of reapportionment and gerrymandering and lack of civic activism and school board activism. It's all part of what you're doing by explaining these bills. Well, people need to do that as a microcosm locally, statewide. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in other words, have the same enthusiasm and, and, and motivate toward that, don't you think? Absolutely. And then there's another facet that we haven't discussed about, you know, Congress in particular, because yeah. I do the bills and laws, but also there are fascinating hearings happening every day. Oh, yeah. That I loved working on the Hill for that. It's great. They're the I, they're the best. Yeah. Do you and go? Oh, well, you don't go. You're not I don't. It. I download them onto yeah. my phone. And right. so I'm almost always have earbuds in my ears when yeah. I'm grocery shopping or whatever. And I'm listening to hearings on chipmunk speed. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you should, when you go to watch, again, I uh, worked on the Hill and I, I love doing this. I think they still let you do it. I'm assuming you should go to when you're there to go to the hearings. Oh, I'm going to. Oh, you're, you're I mean, I know I you would, wait. but I just eat, you sit there at a policy hearing and see it. I'll never forget. It just shows you. I was at, I was there. I worked for Bob Graham and he was on the foreign relations committee. We were there for foreign relations or a budget, but I can't remember. There was a guy called Senator John bro from Louisiana. He was a conservative Democrat. I kind of rather liked him. He became a lobbyist, but he was, I was sitting with there behind Bob, you know, with the, where the aides sit, right? You're reading his New York Times. Yeah. Well, just that. This guy's, you know, sitting there and then he would listen when he needed to listen and cover the mic and ask the aide whatever. And I thought, uh, wow. But my point in saying that is you should go to the hearings, but I just like shows that. you what's going on on the other side. I saw the other side of the camera and I thought, this is, you know, that's well, I want to sit in the room yeah. because I met Brian Lamb who started oh, C-SPAN. Oh, C-SPAN, he's great. I love him. Yeah. And he told me that he's been trying for 40 years to control the cameras in the house. And they, they can't. They won't let them because of exactly what you said. Oh, sure. Because they don't want the senators and the representatives to be shown messing around, not it's, paying attention, sleeping on I their phones. I think it's also the reason, I could be mistaken this, but that they will give you a close-up of a senator speaking, but when you're looking at them gathering, you know, they have a little gaggle, mm-hmm. they, they don't want you hearing what they're saying. Yeah. Which is where... They want the mics off. They want the mics off. So they control and the mics. Didn't you say, didn't I read that you you were the one who saw somebody give a high five for something horrible they put in the bill? Was that Tom Cole? No, that, that wasn't, wasn't me. That was, somebody, somebody was outraged recently about something that went into a bill and they happened to be watching it, I think from the House, uh, Senate gallery, and they saw like said senator be like, yeah, high five to that. Well, there was a high five after the PACT Act was delayed. That too. So that's the high five that I've Yeah, no, there <laughs> was something by. there was somebody excited about somebody slipping something in a bill, not the pack deck. But that was, they were just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and it was something that they were literally watching going, shit, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't remember what party they were in, but I can take a guess. <laughs> 
But I actually, mean, I shouldn't say that because Democrats are you never pork. know exactly pork is pork. Yeah, you never know who's doing it. It's um, disappointing. <laughs> and uh, Jen, you've got other exciting things coming up. I mean, you've got one podcast, another one's coming. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I just started a new podcast called We're Not Wrong with two other <laughs> political podcasters. Um, so one is Justin Robert Young. He hosts Politics, Politics, Politics. Okay. And so you can guess that he is our political animal right. on the show. Um, we also have Andrew Heaton, okay. who used to work at Fox Business. He worked for The Blaze for a while. He labels himself a libertarian. But he is just the nicest guy in the world who loves to get in the weeds and do issues. And he is a historian mm -hmm. as well and a comedian. And then I do government. Right. And so with us having those three different wheelhouses and all three of us being nice people that don't like to fight about politics, we just like to discuss it. Um, our dynamic is fascinating and I love it. So, yeah, we started that. It's based out of Austin. Great. So I'll be going there for a little while and Well, we're we're our production company's based out of Austin. I'm gonna be there covering the midterms. Awesome. And I will uh, be there at the same time. Well, you know, and we are uh excited for our coverage, so maybe we might have a uh col cross collateralization. I don't know what to call it. Maybe. I love the idea. We'll see. But yeah. I, for sure, I'm going to be listening to We're Not Wrong, which is fun. a great title because I always say, what if I'm wrong? I love it. So, <laughs> Yeah, we're a little good. cocky. You're more dogmatic. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jennifer, I love to ask my guests this. You have an amazing story. Before we go, what would you like my listeners, because we're on my podcast, to know about you they may not know, besides that you are dishing the dish so well? Um. It's just like something personal whatever. Or something about Whatev the show. Uh, whatever you like. I mean, it's up to you. Well, I think my new lifestyle, I'm a full-time digital nomad. Wow. So I've been traveling full-time for a year and a half because uh -huh. I just, I love going to other parts of the world and experiencing different parts of this country. Yeah. And I think that it's important to understand the world if you're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I've just really enjoyed Like we're doing this in Texas right now. Yeah. I'm a Californian. Like me too. I think that one of the coolest things about the way that I'm living is I have discovered that we are not nearly as divided as we're told. Yep. Not oh, wow. All. My team and I were just talking about how Time Magazine did a story. It's about five, ten years. Remember, the two reporters went out on the road and they they just went and they met people who were like, yeah, we're not this. You know what I mean? Not everybody's. We're not these stereotypes. No. And we're not red or blue. And we are actually dirty moderates. And we're people who need the congressional dish. We need what you're doing. Thank you so much for coming on. But thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm now a huge fan. Thank I you. want you to come back right here and explain some bills because I want our audience to have knowledge of that. And uh, happy to. please. And I wish you all the best of luck. Just so you know, subscribe uh, and listen, of course, to our podcast anywhere and everywhere you get your podcast. And of course, listen to Jennifer Briney on Congressional Dish and vote.org, vote.org, vote.org. If you are not registered to vote, you're one of the 101 million people who has let democracy down in 2020. Get it together. All right, Jennifer and I are doing our best together. She's been a delight, and I'm so glad she came. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks.